Greetings, outcasts, freethinkers, narrative questioners, dot connectors, and genuinely open-minded and outright curious inhabitants of whatever realm we exist in at the moment. You are about to embark on another free first-hour episode of The Notes. If you find yourself wanting to dig deeper and have the desire to join the conversation during our monthly Melt meetups, you might want to consider becoming a monthly subscriber. For as little as three lousy Babylon hokey pokey tokens per month, you can have access to full-length, early, and exclusive episodes. Just visit patreon.com slash themeltpodcast or click the link in the episode notes to set the process in motion. It's simple, painless, and very well might make you feel tingly inside. So without further ado, please enjoy the show! This is Hunter Muse. And this is Chris Snipes. And you are listening to The Melt. Anything has come out of the absolute insanity of the last three years. It has been, at least for me, a renewed sense of purpose and a stronger sense of community. That community hasn't always been necessarily in our immediate vicinity physically, but often more in the form of a realization born of our conversations here, both with guests and with people who have become a part of the Melt community. It has been fascinating, heartbreaking, and sometimes downright creepy, to watch masses of people become more and more amorphous in their thought and their ability to not only be able to critically analyze information that they receive unquestioningly from highly compromised sources, but to be willing to have a rational discourse about it. As MK Ultra survivors Kathy O'Brien and Elisa E. have stated in various interviews, the PSYOP has now gone viral on a massive scale. So it becomes more important to weigh one's priorities. Do we spend time engaged in protests and getting involved in confrontations? Or do we focus on building on the connections that we've made, reflecting on what it is that is really important to being the best that we can be, and reflecting that outwards in order to be the beacons we may feel the world lacks? I feel that today's returning guest, Canadian filmmaker Frank Jacob, is one of those who have broadened our community. He's made some excellent documentaries, including a three-part webinar having to do with the Project Looking Glass info, and so much more. 
I start off the conversation by asking Frank what the latest developments are in the Guardians of the Looking Glass narrative. Well, they, the, if you recall what they said in their very first um, videos, is they said that the there's going to be a series of events that are going to happen between now and 2030, but the most important one, probably the most critical one to stop was April 18th. Mm-hmm. Because that was going to set in motion that whole timeline irreversibly if they pulled that off with the bombing mm-hmm. and the blame game and the leading to an escalated, you know, nuclear war situation with uh, Putin. And so and then, you know, because we stopped it and we had this mass focus on all of this stuff, they just get they kept getting more and more pressure to the point where I believe that even their channel was infiltrated mm-hmm. uh, because there was a couple of videos that didn't really seem to make sense. And, you know, they, and they, they're, so they kept trying to put those videos out. And I think in the end, their last video, they introduced um, the uh, Gideon and the white hat hackers that were working on this CSRQ software. And then they've never been able to publish or they've never published anything since. So I think, you know, what happened is that they just realized that no matter how many times they tried, they tried with mails, they tried separate things where you would write them and then they would, you know, send you um, an email privately on Proton Mail. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that got hacked. Interestingly, the timing on the on the hacks on Proton, Proton shut down a couple of times. Mm for maintenance reasons and to upgrade their systems, they said, yeah, yeah, and they coincided exactly with what the time was, the timing was on Looking Glass Guardian messages. So was that a coincidence? Hard to say, hard to prove, but it certainly is interesting, the timing of it. And so I think what happened is that they just backed off and they let now the, the actually, I think probably the most critical thing to prevent is CSRQ this digital currency, this programmable digital currency. So I think that's kind of the direction that what I've been reading, you know, those posts that are putting out. I mean, I had my own reservations about their strategy, which I made very clear to them at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And they didn't agree with my, <laughs> my, um, my, my criticism, if you want to call it, constructive criticism, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they kind of blocked me out. And, and at that point, I guess I could have gone back in and said, you know, I'm not the bad guy and blah, blah, blah. But I'm not like that. You know, I'm like, look, I'm very valuable. I, I, I'm high integrity and I'm useful and I'm very creative. So if you want, if you want me, approach me. And if you don't, I'll do my own thing anyway. And the way it's gone for me now is that I've, I've read those drops, those intel drops that are coming out from Gideon. And I find them to be extremely accurate, I got to say, about what's going on. Maybe not always like on the cutting edge. I mean, he was talking about they're coming up with this list that they're going to put things into the... Can we talk about all this stuff? Or are you guys going to get blocked if we talk about you know the, the jab and all that? Uh, we haven't gotten blocked yet. I mean, if you feel like it's super... like. Uh triggering for the algorithms we can do it after the second hour but i we haven't had any problem with that so maybe talk it in a little code or something coded yeah Yeah. so so you know what um he was talking about that i thought was interesting was these food lists Mm -hmm. and how the vaccination um you know the 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 industry the food industry uses 
immunization on livestock mm-hmm. to with with heaven for 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 decades really the the only difference being now that mri mrna technology has been developed they are using that because it's faster and cheaper so we now have the potential or i mean literally i mean people are claiming it and i believe it that we already have contamination in the food supply and not only that but if you read um, i also read karen kingston's kingston report and she breaks down the patents very carefully because she used to be a, a member of or she used to be an employee at pfizer and she was um a, you know a science patent technical advisor and she was often on mainstream television and now that she's been a whistleblower of course they canceled her and she has her own Substack, and she's talking about the, she actually has the patents and she she breaks them down and shows us where it says how they're going to be applying the patent technology and clearly even before gideon talked about any kind of lists or contamination of the food supply karen kingston had that information out there and it was sort of getting everywhere you know so they're not always on the 100 percent cutting edge but everything that they've said everything that this gideon guy talks about is 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 realistic unfortunately and, and legit it's just not sugar-coated yeah that's for sure and you know and one of the things that he was talking about that um took it in the direction that i was a little bit surprised is that he said that it was they were using the um the the beetlejuice to keep people from entering um for, from for a to keep them alive to keep people who have not drunk the you know the kool-aid yet yeah um to get them to take it and that would prolong their lives indefinitely in other words they would no longer pass into the astral realm upon leaving their bodies because they would be trapped in their bodies the reason being that they wanted to keep as as many people here from transcending that are high high high-minded because they would be a formidable formidable force on the astral plane fighting you know from that place you know because we have us here on earth and we have the people in the astral and some people believe we have the ets etc um and then the others that had already drank the juice they uh were that that had brought their it disconnected um their their soul from their bodies and when they passed over they went to a very like almost like a form of hell Wow. They got trapped in another plane of another level of existence. And I thought when I read that, I thought, okay, this is really getting out there. Yes, <laughs> like, for sure. I mean, for first it's all this like dry military language, mm-hmm. clinical stuff about code and what's being planned and what digital currency is, and then suddenly adventured into this spiritual stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, as it turns out, he's right. <laughs> because I just my interview with you know, Anna um, Mihalchia yesterday that I did, she's a, she's been on the cutting edge with this information. I had her, I asked her deliberately about that because I wanted to know. She put out a, a sub stack about um, how they use play, plasmons. They, use, um, they can use um, graphene oxide can be split into different frequencies. Mm-hmm. The higher frequencies are called plasmons. And guess what the lower frequencies are called? demons wow jesus it's like can you be more blatant can you be more blatant right so yeah 
plasmons and demons. And what the demons do is it it basically the, the technology and their patents is is able to tap into using uh, quantum dot technology into the quantum realm, and because of the way you know the, the understanding of quantum sciences now, they um, these um, uh, they call them um, these um, what are they called again? These um, well the the the, uh, the nanotechnology that they're putting into the Beetlejuice grows into things. Obviously, she's been documenting that as as so as David Nixon. Uh, hydrogel is what basically yes. creates these um, strings and neural pathways on a nanoscale. And they're so small that they actually go past the blood-brain barrier into your brain, and they begin to mimic neural network pathways. And once they do that, your the way your, your spirit or your your um, spirit connects to your physical body through the quantum realm, and it connects to this to the physical uh, realm in terms of spin, electron spin in the quantum realm. And with these new emulated neural networks that they've created with hydrogel, they can emulate an artificial version of your net your your spin. And and the spin is where they it's the quality of the spin, the frequency of it. This is where this plasmon and demon stuff comes in. When they lower the frequency, they they can they can hijack your soul if you want to, if you will, for lack of a better way to describe it, and get it to t attach to this artificial version of you, like a clone, and like a clone. You literally, and I said, well, what does that mean? Does that mean like they either they capture your soul, or does your soul say? Well, no, I'm done with that physical body. She, you know, cut it off, and I'm out of here. Um, or can they really bind it? And she was saying, basically, yeah, they can actually. You know, both of those things are possible. And some people believe that what's possible is they can actually capture the soul and trap it, and you know, really in a whole other dimensional space, a quantum space that's disconnected from its source. So that's exactly what Gideon was talking about now explained on the physical <laughs> patent level right so that really blew my mind so I've, I've been amazed that you know like because i've i've always been and i've always told people do not buy cryptocurrency yes mm. because even if they're making it like we have to make these sovereigns and build this sovereign team my attitude has always been from day one this is not the right approach we can't not even let this thing come to pass because i honestly don't believe the moms and pops that you're going to get that are going to come on board as sovereigns are going to have the the guts yeah. and the wherewithal to go up against these hardened warriors of Satan, if you want, <laughs> you know, so, sure. you know, they're going to capitulate. They're not going to be able to stand it. I mean, like, I don't believe that maybe yeah. a couple of them, but honestly, you know, you have to find the best of the best of the best to be able to go into battle on that level so why not even why you know just forget that and just focus on stopping it from happening because we can actually do that we can stop it from happening if we wake up enough people to begin to question their the policy makers the banksters and you know to basically say what are you guys doing what is this all about we don't want this right so what i'm doing is you know i'm doing a speaking tour i've been on a speaking tour through, through all of southern germany and i was in the states as well uh and i and i I present, you know, the whole timeline, pro uh, the Project Looking Glass timeline transhumanist concept in understandable terms that ties all of this stuff in so people are aware of what it is that they need to 
to be doing. If they mm -hmm. want to do something, they're always asking, like, what can we do? Well, we can all do something individually, each of us. And everyone has their own particular goal and our own mission, if you will. We've all incarnated into the world as a soul family right now at probably the most critical point in all of history and all of the evolution of at least this version of mankind. Yeah. Who knows how many other civilizations and versions there's been. We know there's been Atlantia, Atlantis, Moria, uh, uh, sorry, Mu and Lemuria, you know, who knows how many others. And and these civilizations have come and gone. It's like an infinite repeated loop for some reason. And I think the universe wants to make that evolutionary leap to out of that loop cycle as well. So that's why we've all come here now to try and make that happen. We should never underestimate the power that we have as individuals and as a soul family on this earth. And that's what I'm trying to do with the talks that I do. I'm trying to get people to wake up <laughs> and realize that you're creator beings, that you are very, very powerful, far more powerful than any, any nanotechnology or any robots or any transhumanism realities will ever be. But we have to act now. We can't wait until it's too late because if they really do pull this off and they get their timeline anchored in and they get this programmable digital currency going, it's, Really, as far as I know, I think that's going to be the end. That's the end game right there. So, well, yeah. You, we hear that the soul is is this impervious part of ourselves, aspect of ourselves that can't be, that something like that can't happen to. And also that we live in a universe, or at least a sliver of the universe, that operates on karmic principle, where you cannot do something to somebody against their will unless you implicitly or explicitly get their um, consent consent yes right so where does it where does that fall on that scale i mean does that just somehow sidestep all of that or well we uh, they have been telling us what they're doing mm -hmm. that's the thing sure, they sure. have been getting our consent step by step everything that we allow them to pull off in the world is our consent they've shown us in movies they've done it they've there, I mean, you've probably realized or seen now and noticed more and more that the these so-called elites, which I think is a terrible word, I think they're more like parasites than yes. elites. Yeah, I don't call them that. Um, so, but let's say, let's say the parasites the out there, they've been telling us uh, what their plans are, what they're doing, and they're not even, they, they used to be secretive and you'd hear about, you know, these Bilderbergers and these different groups, the Club of Rome. And, you know, people would whisper about them, but now they have their website and they're open about it and they don't care. They're just telling us what they're going to do. And they're showing us what they're going to do. And they're passing legislation uh, telling us what they're going to do. I mean, like here, I'll give you an example, okay, of that legislation stuff. Right here, um, President Biden, yeah, has basically set up uh, a law that is... Um, telling us that they're going to develop software. Why don't I have that here? Is it in the other slides? Hold on. That they're going to um, create and develop software that is going to... Oh, I can't find it now. Take your time. <laughs> but it's okay. I'm just telling you the gist of it. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I Honestly, I mean, it's real. It is there. It's a legislation executive order that is demanding that the industry pick up the pace on developing these nanotechnologies, these biological nanotechnologies in the pharma industry so that they can basically program and reprogram the human DNA like code, like software. It's written right into that law. 
And so they're telling us that that's a law that's out there. People can say, no, we don't want that. Or they can contest it or they can argue about it, but nobody's doing that. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that they do is they distract us from the real issues. They tell us that, um, you know, the big issue is that gain of function. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all about gain of function now. Uh, and, you know, they're, um, you know, that they, they're now admitting that they, you know, that they found, they found, they caught their fingers in the cookie jar. They were in the Wuhan mm -hmm. labs developing gain of function and it's now indisputable. So these viruses, you know, got these gain, gain of function. But what they're not telling you about is that they've changed the definition of gain of function. So what may have been gain of function in the, in the past, um, and I think I've even got a quote of that, you know, basically... They are saying here, let's see if I can find that one about the gain of function. Yeah, under the historical definition, gain of function may include technology as a delivery mechanism. For example, the use of technology to aeros aerosolize uh, a weaponized mRNA virus. But beyond the use of technology as a delivery device, the historical definition of gain of function was inclusive of the fusion of a pathogenic organism with nanotechnologies, the merger of biology with technology to create an AI bioweapon. Okay, that's what the historical definition of it was. But the the NIH in 2021 decided they're going to change the definition of gain of function before too many people look at it, probably. Mm -hmm. And the new definition since May 26, 2022 is the, the term gain of function refers to any genetic mutation in an organism that confers, or in other words, results in a new or enhanced ability. Right? Quite so what does that mean in English? It means they're saying they're taking these viruses and they're making them more deadly. Mm -hmm. Like a biological, you know, they're, they're advancing its functionality as a virus. But they've taken the whole bioweapon part of it out. And by doing that, they're able to now put all the focus and the news on, they're allowing that story to break. You have to realize that these parasites, they, they're not dumb, unfortunately. They're very, they've been guiding this thing along all the way. I think on one of the shows I did with John Nolan, I quoted um, uh, Karl Rove talking about empire and how they keep us, you know, our noses following the carrot that they yeah. want. To point. Mm -hmm. So now you have to ask yourself, why is suddenly... It, it permitted to talk about gain of function in Wuhan labs, where it was totally verboten a year ago. Their policing mechanisms of the internet have only improved in the last two years, not become more lax. So they could shut that story down in no time if they wanted to. But they're not. They're letting that story get out there. Why? Because they want everyone to think, to focus on the virus with the new definition of gain of function. So they're keep. it's like the, the magician putting his hand over here. But really what the issue is, is the fact that they've created a bioweapon and they've injected that bioweapon into the you know bloodstreams of two thirds of the people on the planet. And that thing's out there coursing now in the veins of all these people unbeknownst of what it really truly is. That's the discussion we need to be having right now, all around the world. Instead, we're talking about Wuhan labs and gain of function. And the other one that they're telling us is that Oh, you know, Pfizer, we can't sue them because they have a secret contract with the Pentagon that's gave them immunity from being sued. And there's people out there uh, that are telling us that story. Latipova, for example, was one of them. 
Um, and everyone's going, oh, that's terrible. We can't sue them, right? Well, it's not true. You can sue them because you mm -hmm. cannot contract with somebody. I mean, there's there's no law that protects or contract that protects Pfizer from crimi criminal prosecution for developing and manufacturing and developing bioweapons. In other words, the government can't contract someone to break the law secretly. It just, you know, you can't do that. It's against, it's just not, it's not even ethical, but not only is it not ethical, it's just legally easily defeated that argument. And that was actually what happened. And in, in a recent case, uh, a judge finally ruled that, you know, they threw that out when the Pfizer lawyers came with that argument and said, well, we had this agreement, blah, blah, blah. And they said, no, you can't have an agreement with the government to break the law. So, and it turns out, if you look at that contract, their obligation was to deliver a what they called a safe vaccine that followed the specific code as as codified in the FDA regulations, meaning it had to be tested, safe, blah, approved. You know, they've got all these rules and regulations laid out. You try to put together a drug and get it out there and you'll be jumping through all these hoops. They're all already pre-laid out and they're they're designed to stop people uh, from getting out there too fast. And for usually, you know, idealistically for a good reason, because we don't want everyone just to come out there with some new toxic substance. It has to be tested. But that's the argument that they're, um, you know, that they that their lawyers tried to sidestep by saying we have, you know, we don't have liability because the government has a secret contract with us. And the fact is they do have liability. So Pfizer can be sued. And that's why there's this woman suing them for, what is it, three trillion, something like that, three trillion dollars. What's her name? Yeah. yeah she used to work there. Um, basically, uh, what's her name? I can't see here. No, 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 no. Doesn't matter. You can look it up online. It's uh, basically it's this three trillion dollar lawsuit against Pfizer. Wow. And her, they can't get it dismissed because essentially what's happening is they're liable and we have to hold them accountable. So those yes. two stories right there are, are out in the open. But because and it's just amazing, all these experts, these legal experts and these medical experts out there, they're completely uh, they're either gaslit, you know, to into believing the narrative that's being put out there for them to dive into and jump on or they're just plain stupid. You know, maybe they maybe they've been affected already by the neural networks that are growing in their brains so that they can't think straight any longer. But that's two examples right there of the truth is out there, but we're not acting on it. So they the parasites can go ahead and do their their plan and pull it off. And, you know, in the end, when it's all said and done, we can't come running and say, guys, that's not you know, you can't do that. That's like unethical. You have to inform us. Mm -hmm. No, they've already informed us. You know, they've, we've consented. We've consented in our silence on a large scale i mean there's some of us that are screaming loudly about this but it's not enough we have to have you know thousands out there hundreds mm -hmm. and thousands and eventually millions and millions right so like you've got all these people in france that are protesting right now but they're they're protesting things like i think quantitative easing and that they're being squeezed financially mm -hmm. you know this is they're, they're they're upset because their things are expensive their money's falling too short and they're protesting right well, what does that do? I mean, on the one on the positive coin side, they're telling us that people can get together, millions of people, and they can make a big stink and they can shut down a country if they want. But at the same time, 
the the negative side of the coin is they're going to scream for government regulations to fix the problem and that's where the bankers come in because the bankers have this sneaky plan to bring in something called universal basic income mm-hmm. where everyone is getting a fair amount of money it's yeah, all right. equal there's no more problem you can't complain because mm-hmm. now it's all equal and so they could be playing unbeknownst to them either they're they're unconsciously not aware of it or they're being you know they're being pushed by professional agitators which they exist people that go into crowds and they agitate and they get people sure. stirred up yeah. and then they push for that regulation to come through and all of a sudden bam we have universal basic income oh by the way for us to make that happen now is the perfect time to switch over to digital currency. Right. We don't see those people on the street saying, we don't want programmable digital currency. That's not what they're talking about. We don't want uh, any more. We want our government to tell us what these little nanobots inside of our bodies now mm-hmm. that have been put in there, what are they building? Because we have film footage now by experts in 26 teams around the planet mm-hmm. that are filming this stuff and analyzing what they're building. What are they building? We'd like to know that. I mean, if millions of people were demanding that, we'd have answers very, very quickly, you can imagine, right? So, yeah, this is in that direction, I think, in terms of, you know, they're getting our consent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, our souls are here in our body. And we're, you know, inhabiting these physical bodies as spiritual beings. And we're consenting as, as, a, as a physical extension of our spirit being to these diabolical things that are going on in the world. Well, the government actually can contract with an agency to commit crime because that's what the government does within itself. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, this is the street version of that law. Yes, you know, absolutely. They do it all the time. I mean, the the whole, I always say the American government and the German government, they've become international crime syndicates. Exactly, exactly. Right, Right. but I mean, that's like, that's just the street, you know, the street wisdom. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I also wanted to comment the terms and conditions thing. It's so funny because if you watch shows like uh, the Simpsons or South Park, you'll see predictive programming. And they had an episode about with South Park about terms and conditions and what you were signing away when you just agree, when you hit agree, when you update software. Uh, yes. so, so I think in, in some of those terms and conditions, you don't realize you are signing your soul away by agreeing to update your software. For sure. Right. I mean, how many of us read that fine print? Yeah. You know. Well, it's, you know, 100 pages long. Oh, shit. You just spent $3,000 for a computer. You just fire it up and it says on the software agreement, you must agree or you're not going to be using this computer. Dude. Yeah. Like, so you want to sign up or not? You're like, what are you going to do? No, I'm not going to do that. I'll just throw it in the garbage. Right? They hook well, us. They hook us yeah. right? all the yeah. time. They've hooked us. It's like this slow boiling frog. To take a yeah. to make a terrible analogy. Exactly. Our right? one We're of our slow boiling frogs. One of our friends, Danny Katz, calls them the powers that were. And I think <laughs> that that's a really good, powerful incantation to say that these are not the powers right. that be. These are not elites. These are the powers that were. They're predators. Right. They're predators. They're predatory beings that have they've had their earth. They've been developing the timeline that they want to migrate to. Uh, But, you know, if we have if we want to think of the timelines in terms of what our potential is as human creative beings, 
then that isn't the only timeline that's available. Exactly. And so in the sense that we want to make that leap and create a new timeline and cause the other one to go extinct, then yes, that they do represent the has-beens. They yeah. represent that old timeline. It's over for them, yeah. really. And that's the best way yeah. to think of it. But they're still here, unfortunately, thriving to a large degree because of the unconsciousness of the majority of people that are out there. Well, they're relying on people's laziness yes, and, and people's uh, desire to comply and to fit in, to be part of the group and not be outliers. So there's that element. And I do believe that there is some correlation between the poisoning of the food, the poisoning of the water and the jab. I think that these things are working in concert with each other. And that's yes. part of that nanotechnology that they can basically change your frequency. I don't, I am skeptical about someone being able to take your soul unless you're, you willingly give your soul away. And I think it's that laziness that they're reliant on. Well, you know, the thing is you can't um, uh, take somebody's soul. It has to be given. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. But the thing is this, they're actually using, like I described, and I've now learned from Dr. Anna in a very technical sense, mm -hmm. they're using the quantum field, which is where you're like, our, our DNA is like a hologram mm -hmm. with a program. And they're using that understanding of the holographic nature of the universe to mimic the real world and our souls um, can get you know can get um, pulled in in a way because of the temptations mm -hmm. of right. the transhumanist promise right yeah. immortal life sure technology that makes your you know your whole world and your life so much easier so that all you can do all you'll have to do is basically sit back on the couch with your 3d goggles or whatever eventually you won't even need those and zone out right? It's all about zoning out. This new world that they want to create is like everyone is sedated. Mm -hmm. Everyone is zoned out and distracted with some kind of digital toy of some kind uh, or some show, mm -hmm. you know, and all these shows that are out there. I mean, they're getting the, sh the, the level of production is going up and people are being, you know, they're being lured in and by the, you know, enticed by, by the, it's like sugar. And yeah. so that is how we give our ourselves away we are volunteering for it and we can get you know we get switched and yeah. then that moment will probably happen where there's more synthetic neurons in your brain than there are organic natural ones yeah in fact they'll be they've got even photographs of the brain you know tissue that has been inundated by these particles that have grown the neural networks and you can see the natural brain cells are atrophied Okay, well, it's scary. Well, isn't and it interesting? I just quickly want to point this out. You as a filmmaker, you have made films using real locations, going out into the world. And isn't it interesting how now the mainstream media is really reliant on CGI? So that yeah. has to be doing something to our brains, that people aren't actually going out and filming 
on a location. And and the justification of that is, oh, well, it's really expensive now to go and right. do that. So let's just all do it in a studio. So I think there is some element of that where it's tricking people's minds into accepting um, this artificial intelligent version of reality as opposed to real reality. Right. I mean, if it's, it starts with, uh, with the education already, with the information flow, where they begin to wean you off mm -hmm. of deep research. Yes. And I remember I was just like, I was on, um, I think just the other day, I was on, on Inspire, just looking at some of their videos. And I saw that John did an interview with, with Dr. Northrup. And I went to her Wikipedia page just out of curiosity. And all it says there is that, you know, she's pseudo this and yep. pseudo that and unproven this and mm -hmm. unproven that and belongs to the QAnon, you know, conspiracy quacks out there. And they put all these quotes in by third parties that just really bring your impression of that woman. If you're a normie, you know, you'll throw that out in a second. You'll yep. go, OK, well, this is a, this is a quack pot. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to get into anything that Northrop's got to say. And it's, you know, so this is how they stunt people's curiosity. Mm -hmm. um, and so they've, you know, they've got all these programs out there like Jigsaw and others that are out there that are filtering the information and pushing down the search results of things so that you can't even find the articles that maybe as a researcher you previously had bookmarked. And if you go back there, they, if they've changed their location, those articles are gone. And if you do a search for those articles, they'll never come back because, you know, with Operation Jigsaw, they're they're deliberately pushed and down into the bottom of the ocean of information. So you'll it'll be it'll, unless you have that actual URL where that now resides, you'll never find it again. So this is the digital book burning. So what's happening is that people that don't um, go to the effort and read and educate themselves um, in the traditional sense, you know, and I think the going to a location to film and experiencing the full spectrum experience of being on location falls into a similar category mm -hmm. in terms of the arts as the educational part going into books or reading real books that you hold in your hand that are, you know, that have um, very, very valuable information that you can't find any longer. Because let's face it, if the book hasn't been scanned, then, um, you know, it's not going to get into the future mm -hmm. of humanity mm -hmm. because what's happened is that with all of these algorithms that Google's developing for the AI that has been unleashed to go out and categorize and search and quantify and flag information on the internet, if it isn't digitized, it's never going to be seen. And, and everything that is digitized is going to be rated according to the wokeness mm -hmm. of the algorithm that they've actually programmed. So you, you thin out the quality of information and it's easy to read a couple of paragraphs that people are used to Twitter where they're, what is it? 200 characters. Uh, they're, they're all sort of enticed by Instagram, putting one minute videos up and things like that. It's all about less information, less and less information. So, you know, you might be, if you're, if there's those of the people that are the few that are still maybe interested in the subject that they just got exposed to with a small taste um, out of that, those few that even bother to go deeper, it's very difficult for them to do that. So mm -hmm. the quality of things are going down, um, which means that our brains are kind of atrophying in a way, because um, if you don't, it's been proven that neurons will continually grow the, your entire life. 
So if you, but the problem is if you, when your neurons are generated, they're there waiting for you to use them. Mm -hmm. And if you do not use them, they dissolve again, yeah, literally, sure. they disappear again. So you have to actively use, you've got this muscle in your brain inside of your skull, this brain, which is just a muscle. It's not you. It's not who you are. It's actually a tuning fork for other dimensions. It even brings in scalar information that resides outside of the physical, invisible realm. But mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a very powerful um, instrument. And it has the neurons, which is its way to process the information. And if you're not thinking deep thoughts or challenging yourself on a continually basis all of your life, your brain will literally begin to atrophy and you'll be, you know, it'll shrink in terms of what its true, um, not what its um, potential is, but what its capacity is, because you'll have, you'll have reduced the amplitude of information and you'll have reduced the capacity for you to recall things, for you to pull the information up, um, you know, because the computers do that really well, right? Where you, on your hand, do you just put in a, oh, what was the name of that author again? You just mm -hmm. type in some book and bingo, there it is, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that was a bad example of that right there before. So I'm trying to find <laughs> the name of that woman who's got the lawsuit, yeah. but I only just read that like one, you know, blurb. So uh -huh. yeah, I have a good excuse. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? I know that for my, I know absolutely in my own personal life, because I continually uh, research the names and the information it does stay longer than I would imagine. Amazing. I amaze myself sometimes how fast and how amazing I'm able to recall things. Mm -hmm. But I've also had periods where, you know, I've, I've been a little bit lazier. I haven't been as, maybe as focused. And you do notice that you, you do forget things. So, you know, it's all about training, using that muscle, the brain to continually keep ourselves active and the physical body as well. We also have a body that has a digestive system and a millions of years of evolution to take, you know, the quantum information of the food that you ingest and translate it into energy to build your body, to keep your body healthy, to keep your cells regenerating. And here we have a lot of, you know, disinformation or let's say lack of information in the world as well mm -hmm. that has been accumulating over the last, I've been watching it for the last, I mean, watched how that whole um, system of the food supply has been degenerating since I woke up to what it was like to uh, do living foods in the 1980s when I was mm -hmm. working with Ann Wigmore. And she was developing, you know, sprouting and, and unlocking the potential of the seeds and the, the, the grass and the, and the sprouts to what their potential. So you would, you would change the chemistry of things that are normally, you know, fatty or starchy and they become enzyme rich and full of life force right and if you don't if you don't realize that information you're just out there eating tv dinners all the time and buying canned foods and processed foods and mm -hmm. eating burgers like the most of the people out there are what's mm -hmm. going to happen to your body you're going to look when you're 50 and 60 you're going to look like you're 90. yeah because the food is society, dead right yeah. This is another part of it, right? So these things all, you have to look at them holistically. Yeah. So I like the analogy of, you know, going to a set to do filming, you know, as opposed to a virtual set. But I think that that parallels into many other areas Absolutely. of society where we've become virtual food. You could say, you know, TV dinner is a virtual, it's CGI food. It's not exactly. real food. Yeah. You know, it's actually, it's you know, so dead that the bovi count is so low. Your body looks at it as toxic. Exactly. And you develop an elevated white blood cell called pathological leukocytosis, which they used to believe is natural when you di digest food, that your white blood cell gets elevated. 
-hmm. But then they did studies of people who actually don't eat dead, you know, uh, denatured food, and they didn't see that happening. So that obviously proves it right there. I I listened to a podcast uh, by a neuroscientist from Stanford University, Andrew Huberman, and he talks about physically writing notes as opposed to doing all of your writing on the computer. And that writing, physically writing things down creates new neural pathways and it actually helps your memory. And I think you're talking about something that has been translated into that other area of our reality, which is everything is digitized. Exactly. So we don't want... I'm always want, writing all the time. We all don't the time. want... Do we write, you know, I transcribe whole things. I only look at them once and then they're somewhere buried in my notes. But... <laughs> The actual practice of writing it has begun to help re with the retention of it. Exactly. So you are talking about, you know, the digitization of media and of books and how and how that is, I think you can correlate that to this this entire uh predatorial desire to control information to control the human experience so having pen and paper having a, a physical copy of a book is so important because at the flick of a switch everything that is digitized can be lost yep yeah can all be gone so what is that going to do? That's going to completely destroy our history. We erode our history by um, re being so reliant on uh, technology and on computers. Right, and this is how they this is how they hijack your soul, really, in the nutshell. And and uh, um, Dr. Anna did some. I mean, she was so amazing. I got to say, you got to watch that interview. That's going to blow your mind. I can't wait. Uh, but she pulled out um, a Rudolf Steiner. Um, quote, you Love know, him. and 100 years ago, he was saying exactly what will be done to disconnect the soul mm -hmm. from the physical body and to entrap the soul. He was describing it 100 years ago, exactly what they're doing now. Yeah. So, so it's, you know, there are people that are, that had these visionary abilities. We all have them, but some people were really gifted and he was definitely one of them. So, you know, the thing is we do have to, um, well, we don't have to do anything. <laughs> but we should, you know, if we care about being human beings and about what it is to be a soul, um, then we should begin to try to, you know, use those neurons in our brain and to look at what's going on around us in the world. And uh, if we don't like what we're seeing, take steps to either mobilize in a new direction to gain, you know, momentum towards something positive. I mean, I'm not a big fan of protesting against something because I also almost feel like you're giving it energy by doing that. Exactly. You're saying, you know, you're very powerful. We have to go up against you. Right. Instead, better to start a new movement altogether. But not everybody can make that happen instantaneously. And we're very, very late in the game, guys, right? It's like, you know, I mean, they've gotten very, very far with where they've taken us in society. So we have we need we need to know that there's some help too, which is which is also what's going on. Actually, we have we are lucky because we are being helped by the cosmos. Because what's clear now, more and more every day, and what blew my mind when I was making my webinar, because I was putting together not only information about Project Looking Glass and about J Rods and about 
the guardians of the looking glass. But what these guys and what these people, these entities, these in the case of the J-Rods, future humans were talking about 30, 40, 50 years ago, which was documented in something which then emerged about a little over 20, 25 years ago, the doctrine of convergent timeline paradox, it talks about how the cosmos is connected with us and that we can actually affect the outcome of the cataclysmic event that was the history or the, the timeline that the J-Rods embarked on before they you know, came back in time to warn us about it. Whereas the one faction obviously wants it to go through the way it is. Mm -hmm. And then the P-52s, they want to try and inspire us to change it, which, which I found, you know, it sounds very woo-woo and esoteric. And, you know, but if you look at the actual science, you see that, yes, indeed, we are in a zone right now that they were describing where there's this high energy zone, like a stargate that is actually opening for us and bringing information in the in terms of frequencies at us from the cosmos. So you, you have to ask yourself, is that all just an accident? Is it a total coincidence, right? That, just, that we just happen to be right there in that place in the cosmos, in the sweet spot, at the same time as other factors are going on mm -hmm. that like, for example, the magnetosphere is changing, the heliosphere of the sun is changing, the sun has moved into a new cycle. Um, and, you know, all these things are all adding up at the same time to, to be uh, potential carriers or signals of us being pushed or helped, if you want to call it that way, by the cosmos to make uh, this evolutionary leap. Because we have the physical biology corresponding to um, be able to interpret the frequencies coming at us through via resonance because information is transferred via frequency and resonance. Right. So do you actually think that two thirds of the population has been given the jab? Yeah. Really? I, I have some, some curiosity about that because I know that uh, continents like Africa have not been influenced to the same degree as Western um, countries. And I think p because of that, that's why they are trying to introduce the digital currency. So I think that that's a different way of pivoting the stranglehold on the people who haven't had the jab. Yeah, but you have to remember one thing that Africa and those sort of third world countries, which I hate calling them, uh, but they they were they are absolute experimental farms for the pharmaceutical industry. Exactly. So, so a lot of these technologies have been developed and tried out of the Western eye in those countries. I mean, look at what's going on in the Ukraine with those labs, right? I mean, it's all they always do it outside. And Ukraine, unfortunately, really has the standard of a third world country in that definition of being the absolute you know highest level of poverty and 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 Europe for a European country. They're absolutely in desperate straits. So even though they may not have penetrated all those outland areas in those countries that are filled with more wilderness than we have in the Western world, mm -hmm. they don't need to. Like they they have already gotten Chinese. Mm -hmm. They've gotten the Arab world. I mean, I know friends that were living in uh, Dubai during the whole lockdown period. It was barbaric. Mm -hmm. It was draconian what was going on there. Uh, in Israel, I mean, they're just, it's unbelievable what they did with the people there, right? And the Israelis, what they did with their own people. 
um, in Russia, you know, in all of Europe, in all of the United States, and in, in all of Canada. Mm. Okay, now there's so South American countries, some more, some less, but they don't need to. And that's the diabolical part of what, you know, I was discussing with Dr. Anna on that interview is really that we've got um, this whole thing about how it transmits to others. It's like uh, you don't need to have everybody um, vaccinated to be able to get this technology into all the unvaccinated. So and because what has become clear now is that they've been putting the elements of what is being found by this team, these teams of different researchers, over 26, like I was saying, around the world, mm -hmm. is that they're finding this um, debris, this metallic debris, barium, aluminum, arsenic, yeah. all these things that are in the, they're finding in the blood of people. They've been putting this stuff out there in, in the form of chemtrails and smart dust for, for decades. Mm-hmm which preceded anything that they did with, with an injection into your bloodstream. Sure. And it looks to me more than anything that this actual last step was simply to put technology into our bloodstreams, which was these nanobots, these robots that then when they, they did enter your system, capture your cells, hybridize them to become AI bioweapons, hybridize cells, 50% biology, your bio, biology, and 50% this new hybrid, as I was describing to you in the definition of a bioweapon that has now been changed. And they're like, they, they enter your system, and then they go rampant, and, and they basically reproduce, and they start doing their thing. You know, so but what they do is they, they don't need to carry that metal into your body. In fact, they did some uh, analysis of the uh, the material of the vaccines and they found nothing. They didn't even find mRNA in them. Mm. Right. So it means that essentially the technology that's in them seems to be able to gather what's in your body already. It's like they pre-inserted right. all this stuff into our system. And now it just goes in and it begins to assemble whatever the hell it's assembling. That's still the big question, the elephant in the room mm -hmm. that I would like to have an answer to that nobody's yeah. really talking about. Yeah, a exactly. few fringe people are talking about. It. I think Stu Peters had uh, you know Kingston on his show a couple times, and Anna talks about it in her Substock. I'm talking about it. A few other people are talking about, it, but it, by far and large, the di the narratives being tightly controlled in the direction of li li legal liability for Pfizer for jabs uh, and and the definition of uh, you know gain of function and, and and the admission of that Wuhan labs were where they originated this virus. This is all misleaders. This is all distracting us. I mean, let's face it, even the idea of the virus, there's never been a virus has never been isolated and proven to be the cause of disease ever. True. This is a theory. Yeah. You know, right. No, no one's talking about that. I mean, I saw um, Del Bigtree screaming his head off at Conscious Life Expo about, you know, ivermectin the virus this and the virus that and like for an hour he had people captivated in terms of all this story about what he did to get the story about the virus and the vaxxers out there and i'm like the, the whole the whole time in the back of mind i'm going like dude there's no such thing as a virus so you got the wrong story yeah. so a lot of energy being blown out there into the microphone by a guy who's got huge credibility on the alternative scene but sorry wrong story yeah yeah sure well it's kind of like the trump thing like the, yeah. the whole Trump is going to be arrested. Anytime that, that something like this 
like is blown through the mainstream media, the first thing I think is, okay, what are you trying to distract us from? What's really going on that you're making this the big story right now? Right. It's like, we got to stop paying attention. Right. I mean, that whole Trump story, of course, came out and people did, you know, oh my God, he's going to be arrested on Tuesday and blah, blah, blah. Right. All those those fake pictures came out and stuff. Um, But I never even looked at it. And, yeah. you know, I saw others did their stories, their blogs and the alt media jumped on it and everything. Yeah. But I was like, so it doesn't interest me. Who the hell is this guy? Trump anyways, yeah. you know, he's nothing to me. Yeah. Same here. He's, he's some just guy a, yeah, he's posing just... as a politician that everyone has their hopes set on to change the world. But that's still unfortunately falls into the same thing as the exactly. virus does with the virus theory. It's the thing about the savior complex. Exactly. Trump had his four years. Imagine what he could have done in those four years. What kind of info intel drops he could have covertly leaked out I into know. the world. He didn't even have to do official announcements. He could have found he's a millionaire, right? He could have hired a little team of covert smart people like myself and a few others to go out there and start putting information into certain streams that makes it impossible to get the toothpaste back in the paste afterward, you know, about yeah. this kind of stuff. But none of that happened ever. So. And in the end, he still, you know, fast tracked a vax out into the market. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. exactly. And and he says that that was one of the his greatest triumphs yeah, of great his presidency. Look, there's no such thing as a virus, and I'm still personally working on the idea that there's even a virus. But I've got pressure. Everyone in the world is flipping out. Uh, listen, people, how do you want to solve this together? Like, honestly, I don't think it's a good idea to put these jabs in your body. But I got this old crony Fauci with his team of pharmacocratic mafia who's yeah. on my case and uh, I got to do something and the whole world's going to, you know, cancel me otherwise. So come on, let's work this out together. People. Right? I know Did he could have that? fired. He could have fired Fauci. He could have fired Deborah Briggs. He didn't. He bent his knee to big pharma. What- right, he did. Chris wants to share something with you that is absolutely compelling and fascinating. Um, I was just wondering if you were going back to the soul trapping as connected to the uh, Beetlejuice narrative. There's a book by Tom, a German by uh, Thomas Mayer called COVID Vaccines from a Spiritual Perspective. And he's coming at it from a Waldorfian Steiner-esque mm-hmm. uh, point of view. Have you heard of the book? I have not. Okay. Yeah, I haven't read it yet. We're going to have the author on after I've read the book, but it sounds fantastic. It's sort of speaking to the same things that you were speaking as far as there being something contained in the Beetlejuice that would uh, somehow capture your soul or your spirit, which something is, that's a concept that Steiner has been talking about or has been talking about, talked about when he was alive. Um, And it's brought up in memes and stuff like that, but it looks to be a fantastic book, but I honestly don't know much about it. I was just wondering if you had read it. No, I, ha- I haven't actually, I haven't read it, but you know, I like this, you know, this is what it looks like. This is the technology. What wow. they, this is from their patents, plasmons and demons and graphene using artificial intelligence, right? Metals and plasmonic demon fields for spiritual warfare. That's the article that was put out by Dr. Anna. Uh, and it breaks, it gets into the technology, right? And in fact, ultimately what we're looking at here is something called control of the mind using nanotechnology right so hold on let me zoom that back in again um this is this is the scientific paper that she breaks down that explains how nanotechnology 
is being used for mind control, right? So people can take a screenshot of that. But essentially, it's, it, this is they want to control our minds. It's the last frontier. And Yuval Harari talks about it. He talks about how you know there's we're all just hackable animals. His famous quote. Yeah. They don't look at us as sentient beings. They think we're just, and they know because the the DNA has been shown to be a holographic code. It is mm-hmm. code. You actually can break into the quantum sphere using Q dot technology, and then you can begin to change the spin and the energy of the construct that our souls use to inhabit our bodies. And if the soul doesn't rebel against it and gets pulled into it because it doesn't see the difference, because people that are normies, let's say, that don't challenge the official narrative out there, um, you know, they will they'll they'll make that jump. Their their souls will make that jump into this artificial network, neural network, which is slowly growing within our whole bra- within our brains and our whole bodies and our hearts. Everywhere. I mean, the people that are pulling those long sausages out of people and diet suddenly. I mean, these are these are all examples of this of various applications of this technology as described in the Pfizer patents. Frank, once again, thank you so so much for coming on the show. It's been an absolutely fantastic chat. Um, love your work. And are you? Do you have anything? You mentioned a little project that you're working on before we pressed record. But do you have any other? documentaries or anything that's coming up or is it just the speaking engagement well i'm going to be at the speaking engagement at cosmic awakening sedona um, or sedona cosmic awakening i'm going to put this uh little short film out that um i started and then you know tanya helped me fine-tune as always that's the way we work i think it's brilliant and then i show it (laughs) to her and she cuts right through to the chase (laughs) um so i'm still tweaking it making it better and that'll be out in a couple days so people can look for that because it's gonna be very very empowering and that'll be on Um, your youtube channel right that'll be on youtube because i think that'll be legal i think even the thought police will let that one go through (laughs) we are working on a larger film project but we're not making any formal announcements Mm -hmm. as to that yet cool hopefully if everything goes well that project will be released this fall that's where we'd like it to be going out uh the subject will be related to extraterrestrials that's one thing that i can tell you about it so that'll be a very interesting project to look for and other than that, um, yeah, I and don't know. Everything can go through your frankjacob.com website. You can find everything there, right? Probably the fastest and easiest way to get to everything. There's cool. links to the webinar there, to cyberhive.tv. That's sort of the platform that's hosting like the channel that first of all had the webinar, um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I've also got a community starting there and I post things that are never postable on YouTube. So this interview, for example, with, with Dr. Anna will be coming out on that CyberHive community. Cool. So people can log in. You can become a member. It's still free. Mm-hmm. I'm not charging subscriptions yet. Um, at some point, maybe, who knows? But I want, you know, it's got to, at some point, it's got to make it, you know, it's got, I mean, the only way to make it or the reason to make it monetized is to support doing more of that work. But yeah. at this point, it's still free. And I'll probably maybe even do a rumble. I don't know, as much as I don't like splitting things, but mm-hmm. sure. I'm just trying to build that community at CyberHive. So that's where you can get to it from the frankjacob.com page as well. Fantastic. And uh, I guess that's mainly it. Wonderful. Cool. Well, it's an honor and a pleasure again to see you. Thank you so much for coming back on the show and give your cat a cuddle for me. 
<laughs> I will. I really will. And I hope I wasn't too tired for you tonight. So, you know. Oh, no, you, it was fantastic as usual. Hopefully you're, you're leaving this conversation. firing at least half of them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully you're leaving the conversation with it a little bit more energy than you, than you started it with. So hopefully we yes, didn't drain no, you. I, I think we ramped up, right? It kept, I kept feeling yeah. it getting more and more energetic. Yeah, absolutely. My face is kind of glowing and I've got that sort of like greasy Jacob face right now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. I always love talking to you guys. It's Likewise. Just, it's a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of pleasure, a lot of fun and very constructive. Yes. I like your, your headspace. Thank Likewise. you so much. Likewise. And we'll do Appreciate it again it. for sure. Thanks, Frank. Thank Take you care. guys. Yes. Bye. Yeah. Ta -ta. Bye. Well, what was your take on that, my dear? You know, I'm always happy when I hear someone talk a little bit of shit about Trump. <laughs> Just um, because I think there's so many people that are duped and hanging their hats on the Trump train that I, I get so frustrated by that when it's people who are supposed to be skeptical and in the alternative media space to hear anyone think that a politician is going to fix it is really a fucking eye roll for me. I'm is sorry. That, is that still a thing? People still do that? People still love Oh Trump. my God. Yes. And, and people I love and respect are yeah. on the Trump train. I if could you give have you... a Trumpist friend. Oh, I could name so now many right now. Time, now is the time for your friendship to end i don't want to out people that i love i know that love him and i just i want to you know it's such a it's head scratcher it's like how could you possibly think that anyone that is even slightly in politics has any that is not isn't compromised like how For could sure. you think that that's yeah. so insane to me exactly it's people don't reach those states of power or uh, positions of power without being highly ethically compromised and totally at the bidding of whatever powers are pulling their strings, basically. But yeah. let's go back to Frank. Frank, fantastic conversation once again. I love his work. I look forward to the new project that's coming up. Um, and I'm always uh, happy to speak with him. I'm sorry that we got the times wrong. So he thought it was two hours earlier than it was, and he was totally amped for it. Mm -hmm. They can see you primping. And uh, <laughs> and by the time we actually had the conversation, he was kind of low energy. So I, But he, he's still shown through. I like his jewelry, too. Yeah, he's got I'm a lot all, of great jewelry. He's yeah. a snappy dresser, too. He's really... Yeah. Got that, that aesthetic down. He's got a sure. vibe, for sure. And I wish that we could go to Sedona to to see that oh, whole God. thing. That would be fantastic. I want to go to there anyway because there's so much freakish, wonderful energy that's happening there. And, yeah. and uh, uh, why can't I... The Orgone Donor. Mitch, why I kept Mitch wanting to I, Matthew kept wanting to come out, but yeah. I knew that was the wrong name. Yeah, my mom actually wrote a film about Sedona and the vortexes in Sedona that Your I Your mom wrote a film? My mom wrote a script that she pitched to Ron Howard and Ron Howard what? was interested in purchasing a film. How the fuck did she know hers. Ron Howard? 
you know, it's California. It's just a California thing. <laughs> it's just they're all know. just one big hot tub. It, it, you just it, shout across it, it to whoever, it whatever celebrity happens very, to be on the other side. Very, very much so. Yeah, absolutely. Insane. That's a story for another day. When when we're older. Oh, sure. What'd you do? Why'd you do that? Because so we won't be... Thinking, looking. looking at ourselves oh. all the time, and I won't constantly oh. be reminded that we're video recording this too. Ah, I see. So, what did you think about the content? Uh, I know we started watching his uh, "Packing for Mars" last night and today. I, I'm interested in this interview that he did last night. Yeah, me too. And uh, following up on that, on the research that exactly. Dr. Anna did. I need to. I need to uh, Anna. I need to uh, get a hold of him as to how to spell the last name. It was interesting. I wrote it down, but I don't know that I got it correctly. I wrote it down, too, and I also don't know whether I got it correctly. But if we ask him, I know he will get it correctly. Sure. <laughs> well, that was quite an expression. Anyway, uh, he, the, he, I, when I was doing research for this uh, episode, I listened to a few interviews of his recent interviews. And on one that was, I think, late last year, the person's podcast that he was on had just had Anna, Dr. Anna on. Mm. Yes. So it's interesting how this leapfrogging happens. But yeah, I want to look into her too. Yeah, I I like his take. I like that he, you know, has, there's a cautionary tale element of what he talks about, but he's also a very empowering person For and sure. really spends a lot of energy and time talking about personal responsibility and where you're focusing your energy and attention and how powerful that is. So I think Absolutely. that's a very positive aspect of this because it is easy to get into this fearful, um, powerless mode. And I think that that's part of the mesmerism and that's part of the agenda is to uh, really create this idea that all of these are foregone conclusions and that this is happening and we have no control over it and that these predators are, you know, going to be successful. And I don't agree with that. I think that there's always uh, other options. It's very important to remember just how powerful we are. And this is a struggle that I have too. I sometimes demean and diminish myself and my role in reality, consensus reality, or my own personal reality, or the reality of just my very tight circle of family and friends around me. How important of a role we play in that, and therefore the world, because everything is connected. So you start at one point, and it eventually hits all points, maybe more indirectly, some more indirectly than others. But so that that aspect becomes very crucial when you're dealing with this kind of information because if you are constantly immersing yourself in it and it's just freaking you out and that's all it's doing um, with a little bit of feeling informed there or like you're in on some secret, then that's not worth it. That's not worth it at all. You're, you're incapacitated by your fear and that's not going to make you act in a lucid and clear way uh, or a loving way because... More, more, most likely, it's going to put you in a very reactive state 
I've seen it happen firsthand and it makes for unpleasant company. Let's say that. Um, But yeah, if you you got it, that's where knowing yourself comes in too. You have to know how much of that you can take. Uh, And also, as Frank was saying, it's important to know the context uh, and to utilize your critical thinking when you're going into these places, because even actually to a, to confess the first Frank Jacob interview that I heard on Forbidden Knowledge News uh, freaked me out. Um, but as I listened to it, I should say initially, as I listened to it and I got more of a feel for what was actually happening and I saw the greater context of what he was talking about, I, you know, got less freaked out. Of course, it's it's normal to be somewhat freaked out because you're reacting with your humanity at something that seems very inhumane. So I think a certain measure of that is is healthy, but not to be totally subsumed by it and have it, you know, just sort of uh, the domino effect, have it affect you, therefore your the people around you, therefore the people that are around them in a in a negative way. Well I I just think about the kids and how the kids are influenced and affected uh, and how porous we are as humans and how we, our frequencies adjust to each other. And so if we are convinced of some narrative, it's easy to try to embed those perspectives on people around us and the kids. And I just feel like they have enough to navigate in life um, because they're going, they're kind of ping ponging back and forth into separate realities. And so I think that can be very confusing if both realities are, trying to subliminally convince them that their reality is the reality. And so I think one thing that I'm really trying to impart and embody is healthy skepticism and discernment and their own ability to critically think and feel and have their own frequency awareness. And if something doesn't resonate as truthful to them, that that's important for them to acknowledge that they don't have to agree with what we say and they don't have to agree with what other people say. They've got to arrive at their own um, view of the world on their own. And that's why you're such a good mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a lot. We got a lot. We got big plate. We got a lot of things on wow. our plate. We got... Seven chickens now, and four dogs, and two teenage boys, and they're really one. A, a lot of a lot of things, a lot of things we're keeping alive. <laughs> one brain and, and four dogs really is what it is. Um, yes. So yeah, but hey, we wouldn't want it any other way. Life is meaningful. These things mean something. They can exactly. See you Exactly. Well, see, I couldn't. I can't see myself yawning, so that makes me forget that I'm on camera. So that's why I'm yawning away. She's really not bored by this. I'm She's not just bored. Tired. I'm hungry. She's hungry, hungry, and we've got a lot of stuff to do after this. Tired. So I'm going to wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. Let's don't leave them with heavy stuff. Uh, I just would like the truth. The truth. Yeah, <laughs> the truth is heavy sometimes. Noted. 
Thanks to all of you for sharing, retweeting, and liking our content. There's been a lot of that going around, and it's super appreciated. Uh, and it makes uh, it worthwhile to know that you all who are listening think uh, highly enough of what we do to share it with your friends and whoever's listening. Um, so thank you so much for doing that. And I would like to, once again, and I forget to, it's not that I don't think of it, but thanks to the patrons who really contribute and help to keep this show alive. It really makes a hell of a lot of difference. Uh, it's very, very helpful for the show and for our lives and our well-being. So thank you so, so much for doing that. And it's been wonderful to meet you in the monthly Melt Meetups, mm -hmm. which we also turn into uh, Patreon-only episodes that you can listen to if you're a patron. So thank you so much. And I highly encourage you to do that. Right now, it's $3. I believe before the end of the year, I'm going to raise it to $5 because it's not that much of a difference, but it would make a hell of a lot of difference to us. Um, and that wouldn't change for people who have already become patrons. So, yeah. Uh, and we are setting up a, an account on locals too. locals, uh, seems to be a much more open-minded version of Patreon. Uh, so we'll have our stuff both places, but I, someday Patreon is just going to access and we're not going to be able to, to, to post stuff there anymore. So what? Maybe, or maybe not. Maybe or maybe not, but who cares? We'll have an yeah. other other routes. But they they've they're they're highly censor a highly censoring organization too. People get pulled from Patreon all the time. We're not going to get pulled because we. I don't rock. care. I don't need them. <laughs> I don't need them. Uh, even if. But we're happy that you're you're contributing. So we we need you. <laughs> Our. Listening and viewing audience, we need you. We're glad Patrons? you're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm talking about Patreon. I know. I yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I not talking you. about I the actual you. human beings out there. I got um, you. So thank you all so much for listening. Uh, it is greatly appreciated. I hope that you have gotten something positive from this, and it left you not feeling freaked out and fucking yep. scared. And <laughs> and when is this episode coming out? Snappy at your friends and family. Um, this episode should be coming out uh, Friday the, or yeah, Friday the, gosh. Friday the gosh. Friday the 31st. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Stacy and Hank and Noel, you should have received your books by then because I sent yes. them yesterday. And another benefit of being a patron is that we get stacks of books from publishers and uh, some we keep and some we don't keep. And so we present uh, the books that we don't get or that we don't keep, I'm sorry, and tarot card decks and stuff like that too. Uh, we uh, put Share them up the for wealth. grabs. Yeah, put them up for grabs That's for right. patrons who might be interested in having them so you get them free of charge exactly so just reach out to us send us a email and we will we've posted a new photo of the books that we have available and pick out what you want yes well isn't this just going out to patrons yes but we're not just talking to patrons we're talking to everybody in this oh so this isn't this is going out to everyone, not just yeah. patrons. Well, I've started switching it where uh, the this closing after Bible thing that we do, I put them on both versions of the podcast. Uh, yes. So this so isn't just patrons. If you want a free book, 
<laughs> Become a hey, patron. Yeah, exactly. Yes. We've got a stack here of uh, books that I'm more than willing to send you if you would like one. So that's a good incentive. Absolutely. To join our, our fam. Yes. We love you. We love you. Thank, Thank you, you so much for listening. And um, yeah, keep keep it locked. <laughs> we have lots of good and stuff JJ, going. I love my ring. I've been wearing oh, it. Oh yeah. yeah, fucking great ring. Absolutely love it. Work, I need, JJ. but see now my other hand needs another power ring. See how that works. <laughs> I don't know if you do male rings, but I would gladly pay you for one. Um, yeah, less flashy. Um, yeah, although hers is fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Ta-ta. Love you guys. Farewell. Have a great, great day. To hear the full-length version of this episode, get access to exclusive and early episodes, and participate in our monthly Zoom meetups for as little as $3 per month, just click the Patreon link in the episode notes or visit patreon.com slash themeltpodcast. Contributing financially will help to make this podcast my full-time gig that I can devote more time to and allow me to create more content. Other ways of contributing would be giving us a favorable review or rating wherever you get your podcasts, subscribing to us on YouTube, spreading the word wherever you and your tribe congregate, or just by sending us your positive thoughts and intentions. In a quantumly intertwined and holographic multiverse, these also go a long way. Thank you.